Mimosas with Michael. Mimosas with Michael. Mimosas with Michael. This is Michael Coulomb with Mimosas with Michael. And I just want to introduce my friend Ken Sledge here. Hey, Ken. Hey, how's it going? Um, and he, I, I have to be honest, and I know I say this every week, but I am beyond excited about this because I met this guy through my friend Charlotte, and you have this really awesome podcast. And we have become really fast friends, and all I wanted to do all week long was to have a beer with you. So I'm drinking this awesome Blue Moon. And you, what are um, you drinking? Corny Miller Lite guy. <laughs> no, we're both having a beer on Mimosas with Michael, but I've been looking forward to this all week because, um, damn, if you're not one of the coolest people I've ever met. And I, let's talk about – I just want to go right into it. So you have this awesome podcast called My First Horror Movie. Yes, sir. And tell us about how awesome it is because I think it's one of the coolest things ever. Well, I appreciate it very much. Um, my First Horror Movie is a branch of Sledgehammer Horror and what I do on there is I bring people on to talk about the first horror movie they ever watched, what it meant to them, how it affected them. And it's something that I always did at parties when I would talk to people. And it's just something that my wife has always been a huge fan of having this conversation. And she said I should, when COVID hit, she was like, you know, this is something we should really try to pursue. And I've been so blessed to meet great people like you and has so much help along the way. And yeah. um, it's something that I'm having so much fun doing, just learning it's funny when you talk to somebody about a horror movie and you go back and you can smell the things and see the things that you saw when you first watched the horror movie and yeah, yeah, yeah. feel those feelings again. You know? Yeah. yeah. You know, it, and it's, it's always so interesting because um, horror, horror is, it's kind of interesting because there's some people who don't like horror, like they just don't like it. But when you find someone who loves horror, it's like, it's like that one sort of common thing that brings you guys together. Like you could, you could meet the meanest person and you're like, Oh, you love horror. Like what's your favorite horror movie? Like, Oh, well, you know, it's crazy how yeah. it's sort of like an icebreaker. So I do like that. It really is. And it's something I talk about on the podcast a lot, actually, is um, you can meet somebody and talk to them about horror, and instantly you guys are connected, like you just said. But also in that same span, the horror family in general is so amazing. Um, yeah. We have horror cons. You know, We don't have rom-com con, but we have horror con, which is so, so special to go and meet people that are just spending their you know, days preparing to be cosplayed and they're the meanest scariest looking people but you they're the sweetest most kind-hearted people in the world and yeah horror is such a it's funny because it's a community built around monsters and murder but it's the nicest sweetest community in the whole world i always say um that people in horror are the most well adjusted because we use horror as a way to 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 deal with our frustrations and it's like <laughs> you have a shitty day at work you throw on a horror movie and someone's getting killed or whatever i move and you're just like i feel so much better so I always tell people like, like why horror? Because that's why I'm so well adjusted is, is like, I want to strangle your neck. So I'm going to watch this movie and get, you know, watch someone else. And you're just like, I just feel it's sort of cathartic in a way. Mm -hmm. It's, it Absolutely. sounds really, really strange when you say that, but people who watch horror get it. Like I yeah. get it. Yeah. And it's like, and I think people who, people think that people who watch horror don't get scared, but I know a lot of people who they're, they are scared about certain things. Like, you know, that's what I love about horror. It's like, in horror it's such a community like cons are the best place to just some of my closest friends oh. i met through cons and it's funny you talk about um horror people not being scared uh <laughs> i don't do haunted houses man because <gasps> they scare the shit out of me i you want to hear like, something really funny yeah so I, as somebody who 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 uh makes horror movies for a living i'm deathly afraid of the dark i still to this day <laughs> sleep like a light on yeah terrified because i grew up in a haunted house my house as a kid was haunted. And so that's to this day, it's still, what is it? I said, that's so insane. Like, that's terrifying. It ter yeah, to this day. To this day, I cannot sleep. So if I'm in a room and, like, my bed is against the wall, I have to sleep with my back against it. Like, I have always have to face the door. I can't have my back towards the door. It's too, it's too terrifying. Got to know where the exits are, man. Yeah. Yeah. I got to be able to. 
And if my bed is in the middle of the room, like some places I'll be in a hotel and the bed is in the middle of the room, I sleep on my back. Right. Yeah. I mean, I can't. I've, it's like, it's insane. <laughs> we're like, how we're well adjusted, but we've seen so many horror movies that it's always playing in our brain. It's yeah, actually like, true. Yeah. Thought, you know, I've seen this and this movie, or I've seen that and that movie. So you always kind of, no matter what you're doing, you have yeah. that thought, you know? You know, sometimes when I go to the bathroom at night here at my house, um, it's, it's like where it's located. It's not too far from the kitchen. And I'm always like, I always have that scene from it follows in my mind where that guy comes out of the darkness and through the doorway. And I'm like, one of these days and we walk in my room and that's how I'm going to go. I'm just going to, some guys that come out of the darkness and just take me <laughs> every fucking night. You don't even know, bro. <laughs> but you know, yeah, I'm glad it follows man. Cause that is such a epically good movie that nobody talks about. Well, nobody seems to like it. I thought it was really good. Dude, I mean, from a, from, so from, a, from a filmmaking standpoint, I thought it was really good. I know people are like, eh, the story. But from a, from a like filmmaking point of view, it's shot well. It's very creepy. You know, and I like it because sometimes they'll pan across a room and they'll zoom in and the music will play. And you're like, what the fuck am I going to see? And then literally nothing happens. And you're like, God damn. Yeah. And as soon as you let your guard down, it happens. Like that's it's so effective in my personal opinion. Yeah, and that's how I feel about The Conjuring too. I think that's why The Conjuring two got me so bad because it's constantly building the anxiety and building the anxiety, and you're like, just fucking jump out already. I know it's gonna happen. Yeah. And then the music dies, and you're like, oh damn it! And boom, you're fucked. You know, like so. It's so effective. Yeah, that's what makes good. You know, that's that's how you build suspense. I think in a movie. Mm-hmm. It's changed a lot. You know, when we were kids, it was always that you got to jump right away, you know, but then people started to build on that and just like everything, it morphs and it gets better. And I think filmmakers now are doing it. So they, it's not that they, they're building more of the suspense. Now they're not trying to get you with the deaths. Now they're getting you with the suspense and the anxiety. Yeah. And they have to, because, you know, so many people have seen, like, we've been there, done that, you know, mm -hmm. so they're trying to like find ways to, to, um, keep going moving forward and build the suspense which i think is great you know I'm, I, I want to see something different and we 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 have the classics for a reason and we build on top of them mm -hmm. right so you got you got to take what people are what's already works and sort of find ways to adjust and, and and retell a lot of the same stories yeah and it's funny because um you know me at this level as well um i don't think remakes are inherently bad there's a lot of people especially in the horror world that are almost snobby when it comes to remakes, you know, like, and that's not me. I think there are plenty of very good remakes out there. The only thing that remakes really do for me is they could, maybe the studio picks up a Friday the 13th remake instead of picking up this awesome original idea, you know, something me and my buddy Josh Eppard talked about. And it's so true because that's the only thing about remakes. that's kind of a bummer is you might lose out on that next awesome original idea. Wait, I, which one? I remember. I think I saw that episode. Which episode was he? Did you guys? What movie was he? He was, uh, he was uh, American Werewolf. American Wolf in London. London. Yeah, that's early on in your show. I was watching that the other night. Um, I remember you talking about that. That's so true. There are so many other movies, especially in the horror community, because we all know Friday the Thirteenth. We all know it, but there are some of the the smaller ones that people really love that could also use a remake. That that. Yes, they're trying to hit a, a mainstream audience, but the people that are going to see it are the loyal fans. Sure. Right? And so I'm down to see what, something that I loved. Like, I'd love to see new Children of the Corn. Like, I'm not going to lie. Mm -hmm. Right? Because nowadays, with, with the technology we have, it's like, that was, that was a good movie when I was a kid. And you could still do it and, and just find some creepy things and, and do it all and, like, have better special effects. It's still yeah. a good Stephen King story. So. Oh, dude, I, I grew up in small town Michigan, man. And right next door, to, I, li I lived in a town growing up called Sand Creek, which shows mm -hmm. you just how small it actually was. And um, there was a cornfield right next to my house. And yeah, I that. would go in that cornfield and just be like, Outlander, we have your woman. You know, yeah. like, I would do that growing up. Like, that's how influential that movie was on me. So yeah. let me ask you this. I don't want to know your favorite horror movie because for those of you that don't know that are watching or listening to this, uh, Michael will be a guest on my show. And um, I don't want to know your favorite horror movie or your first horror movie right now because we're going to talk about that. Yeah, I'm going to save it all for your show. Yeah. In the last 15 years, 
what do you think the best horror movie released has been? Wow, what, what, put me on the spot. You couldn't even say this for your show, huh? Ah, oh, man. <laughs> and then the last 15 years, <coughs> you know, this isn't going to sound weird, but one of my favorite all-time now is I loved Final Destination. I'm a huge Final Destination fan. I love the first one. And Jeffrey's a good friend of mine, and I know he's going to try – I know Jeffrey's going to be on your show. Um, but recently, I have rediscovered this, and I've watched it many, many times. It's Trick or Treat. Yeah. I'm obs- I just I mean I have a little hold on I even have a little trick or treat dollar here, it's literally right here. I'm, I love this movie. I bought this at Target oh, of all Sam. places. Yeah, who doesn't? You know, this I just watched that movie over and over again, and I want to say it was like last year. Yeah, last year I think at Universal Halloween Horror Nights they had a, um, a trick or treat one, and I was like, and you start walking through the very beginning of the movie when you know she has those scarecrows in the house. Yeah. I died. I was like, oh, my God. You went through, like, every scene. You went through the, the forest when the, all the girls were werewolves, and you went through, like, the whole, the whole scene in the house with um, Brian Cox, who I actually did a movie with years ago with Brian Cox, and he's great. And they had Sam on the ceiling. I mean, it was just like – I was like a little kid. I know you don't like horror haunted houses, but I was a kid. I was like, this was so amazing to me. And it's weird how, like, like as a filmmaker, I make all kinds of movies, but horror, I know it's like – I don't know. I don't know what it is about horror. Honestly, one of my favorite parts of Trick or Treat is the whole elevator scene. Oh, when the kids go down to the um to the to the marsh, whatever. Oh. The marsh, yeah. It's there's something to be yeah. It's so intense because it's just going down to that darkness, and you know and shit's you know gonna that, happen. Yeah, you know it's gonna go down. Like yeah. you just know it. And I, I love that the fact that in that movie, it's an anthology that all ties together. You know, I went to a screening of that movie, and the director was there. Um, oh, my God. His name is Michael. I can't remember his last name. I'm so bad. But I believe he said the movie – Michael Doherty. I believe he said the movie wasn't originally meant to be that way. They didn't shoot really? it that way. Yeah. But then, but then you watch it, and it works so well because you, you see the girl walking past with the, with the wagon, and the car stops you know, right where the mm-hmm. movie opens. And you're like, it's fucking brilliant. I love Trick or Treat. I think it's done well. It's it's one of those. I actually wouldn't. I actually am not going to lie. I I don't want them to ever remake it. That's one of the few movies that I wish they wouldn't remake. You don't need a remake. You don't need a sequel. It's perfect as is. Yeah. I mean, I'm okay if they do a sequel. I'm okay with seeing some more of Sam. But you don't need to do the. You know, I'm okay with sequels. Just sometimes they take the the movie and they remake it and they do sequels from that. We don't need to remake it. We can do a sequel. You can do. I'm fine with that. I just, there's, yeah, it's just one of those movies. That, like, don't... I think it needs to stand alone because honestly, I'm one of the people that, and I've had this argument with people before. I don't want to say argument, but this conversation, I don't want to know more about Sam. I don't want to know his backstory. Okay. You know, I, I think that he's an enigma as is, you know, and I don't want to be disappointed in his backstory, I guess, you know, cause I think the character okay. of Sam is such an enigmatic character that you don't need a backstory for him. He's just perfect as is. Dude, it's okay. It's so funny you should say that because when they remade Nightmare on Elm Street, I was so fucking angry because they spent so much time telling me the story about Freddy. I was like, if I wanted all the story, I'd watch a Lifetime movie. I just I came for the deaths. We know we know who Freddy is. I saw the first one, and it's like they just had to belabor the, everything about his story and with Nancy. And I was like, blah blah. I get it. We already so it's stuff like that. It was like just if you're gonna remake it, remake it. Don't I don't need all that backstory. It's just too much. So I can see why you would say that about Sam. Because if they did that with the remake, I'd be like, fuck this shit. I don't want to watch it. Yeah. And honestly, Nightmare is funny because we were just talking about how I'm not um, – I don't think remakes are inherently bad. That's one that does fall under the bad category for me as well because yeah. I don't like how they made Freddy a child molester in the movie. Now, look, I'm not saying a child killer is better, obviously. But yeah. in the originals, Freddy was not a child molester. He was a child killer. Like, if yeah. you go back and rewatch. That's what it was. And I get it, man. Like, it's, it's, I'm torn because I'm not supposed to like Freddy Krueger, you know? But when I was a kid, they had him on Nickelodeon promoting shit. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and it's, so it's just one of those things where I can't bring myself to even have any type of respect or love for the movie when the main character is a child molester. And again, I'm not saying a child killer is better because it's obviously not. They're both equally terrible things, but... Yeah. Like, one of the scenes in the movie that really bothered me is when he's with Nancy, and she's like, fuck you. And he's like, 
oh, that sounds fun. You know, like, yeah. Come and they just belabored man. it so much. Yeah. It was just like, yeah, he was never. And that's what the thing it was like. I never watched it and ever thought that he was like that. I guess he was a child killer. That's why they killed him. Yes. You know, they try to get their comeuppance and he got his revenge. And so when they did that, I was like, I don't really, why? It just made it more uncomfortable. It was, I mean, yeah. let it be a scary movie, but I didn't need it to be uncomfortable. That was too much for me. I agree with you. I was not a fan. Um, well, and that's why they never made a sequel to that one. Do what? I think, I think that's why they never made a sequel to that one. They shouldn't have. Hey, another thing about that movie real quick, before I ask you the next question I wanted to ask you. Um, <laughs> Wait, I'm supposed to be interviewing you. I'm on your show I later. know, man. But I'm, uh, this is one of those things where we talk every day, dude. And you're like I one know. of my best friends right now. And I just, I'm so yeah. excited to finally have this conversation with you. Um, this was definitely long overdue. The, uh, huh? I said, this is definitely long overdue. Oh, 100% long overdue. Um, in the Nightmare on Elm Street remake, um, towards the end, when you finally find out that he was a child molester and not a child killer, yeah, and you find throughout the whole movie, you're like, man, maybe he didn't do this. Maybe he's innocent. Oh, okay. I think I've only seen it once, and I was not impressed, but I'm, I'll try and remember these things. Go ahead. Yeah, and then at the very end, you finally find out that he did it. When that happened for me, it was the ultimate letdown because I was actually interested. I was like, man, if they're going to change it, make him a child, child molester, maybe it would have been cooler for it to be like, he never did it. See, and I agree with that. 100%. He was, you know, and he was wronged. Yeah. Yes, that's why you, you went on vigilante justice and yeah. I didn't fucking do anything. You know, I, but find out he did it. I'm like, ah, now I'm glad fucking died you know? yeah, <laughs> like, exactly like what well, and that's the thing is like in the thing with trick-or-treat is is you want the the you want brian cox's character as as the bus driver to get his comeuppance because of what he did to the kids right yeah. like oh you're like finally gets his comeuppance you don't even find out until the very end he's the, the bus driver anyways right you know and, and then he gets, an intense scene. oh yeah oh it's so good I, I may just watch the movie tonight now just because we're talking about it. So good. I'm in. That's one of my wife's favorite movies, man. Is it really? So I'm, oh, absolutely. Ugh. You got to meet my wife sometime soon, dude, because I think you guys would get along great, man. So I've seen interviews with her. She seems lovely. I really, I'm telling you, when you guys come out to LA, it's on. It's family day. We're going to hang out. Awesome. I'm, I'm so down. Um, and do so you, I got another question for you before you ask me another question. <laughs> okay, good. Because um, well, we've, we've actually covered a couple of my questions, so I feel good. <laughs> what is, this is not one I'm going to ask you on mine so i want to ask you it now what's your favorite horror remake of all the remakes Damn which it. one's your favorite that was literally the question i had for you <laughs> you dick um who's what's my favorite horror remake yeah i'm gonna tell you the truth i haven't really seen a lot of the remakes because i don't want to put them in my head i haven't seen the new poltergeist i haven't seen the new child's play because i um so probably Probably either Friday the 13th or – no, you know, it's Halloween. I, when I saw okay. the new Halloween that came out, um, I thought it was so good. Now, you know, my friend Brantley, my writing partner, who you're going to interview, Brantley, yep. that's his favorite horror franchise. And sure. he was so excited about the remake. And so the remake came, and I waited a couple of weeks because I, so, I was like, I'm just going to wait till it slows down. I went, and at the very beginning, <laughs> they have this awesome, like, fucking amazing Steadicam shot. Where, you know, you follow him and he goes to the back of the house and he comes through and he kills that girl. And from someone who makes movies, I was like, hallelujah, that shot was amazing. And I remember talking to somebody from that movie at a convention and I was like, that shot alone. And they were just like, bro, that shit alone. I mean, from, from, from a technical standpoint, I thought that was a really good remake. I, I'm glad that they decided to keep it more towards the original. Yeah. Right? Like, I know it sucks. You were like, oh we act like the other remakes didn't exist. But if you're a real hard Halloween fan, which I'm not the biggest, I know like um, you are and Brantley are. And like my friend, um, Leslie, you're going to have on the show too. is like her favorite one is Halloween. And like, I think from a standpoint of those kind of people there, they had, they appreciated it so much because, yeah. because when you're making, when you're remaking movies and you know, the same people are going to watch. Yes. You're bringing it to a new audience, but you have to remember it's usually the kids of the people who saw the first one. Yeah, so and you're gonna... I'll, I'll be honest with you, man. Anybody that wants to bitch about the Halloween 2018 remake, listen, man. Halloween four, five, and six are some of the worst films I've ever seen when it comes to that cult shit. Yeah, I am such. I'm like, I'm not a fan. And I'll be honest with you, man. I'm not the biggest Halloween fan. Halloween's one of my least favorite franchises. Yeah, I know, mine too. Um, 
Halloween 2, like, I get a lot of people that are like, oh, Halloween 2 is so good. No, it's not. Halloween 2 is boring as shit. It's Jamie Lee Curtis in a hospital bed for, like, an oh. hour and a half. Um, but it was something we've talked about. Halloween 3, I think, and this is something I'm completely honest about. Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, if that movie was just called Season of the Witch and it didn't have the Halloween <laughs> moniker on it, it would have yep. been huge. That movie would have blown up. We'd have had sequels. Yeah. That's the movie that me and my family watch on Halloween every year. It's Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. I Dude, mean, how fucking dark is that movie? Kids put on masks and then, you know, eight more days till Halloween. Just try to get yeah. that song out of your head after you watch that Dude, movie. you're going to love my cousin then, without a doubt. Yeah. So Dude, You're, having, you're um, having my cousin on your show, right? I am. Oh, he'll talk about Halloween 3 the entire – that's like his favorite movie. It's an amazing yeah. movie. Yeah, and, 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 and it's a standalone. This might actually surprise you. Um, yeah. My favorite horror remake is a tie between the 2003 Dawn of the Dead. I think that was absolutely amazing. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. The new Child's Play. Now, I haven't seen the new Child's Play, but I do have a friend that's in the movie. My friend Carlise Burke is in the movie. Okay. And um, I believe she ends up dying. I haven't seen it. But my friend Brantley said he, said he thought it was a great rendition of like updating it to a new, which I, I'm glad that they did it like that. So I'll have to well, watch it. But. What I, what is um, when I first watched it, I was pissed because um, the doll isn't Charles Lee Ray. Uh, you know, a strangler does not infect the doll. Um, oh, there's no, yeah. but once I actually like sat and thought about it, that I think that's more of, you know, that's already been done. You know, you're not going to recast, even though you got Mark Hamill to do the voice, yeah. you're not going to recast Charles Lee Ray. Don't even try. It's not going to work. Yeah. Let's take it to a direction. And when you watch the movie, Chucky, you, you can make the argument that he's the good guy throughout the first, you know, two acts of the movie. Everything he does is for Andy. Like the relationship they have is a love relationship. Chucky yeah. loves it. And he's trying yeah, like, to protect. Yeah. And it's, it's amazing. And it's also like, you know, they talk about like parenthood in it. Like you watch when Chucky really starts to get evil. He watches Andy and his friends watching Texas Chainsaw Massacre too. And they're laughing at people getting their heads bashed in and shit. And Chucky yeah. sees them laughing. So he thinks it's funny. You know, so yeah. I would strongly recommend you watch it, man. Like for real, even if we, if we got a zoom and have a movie night together and watch it, I'm down. If it gets we you can, to watch I think it. if it's on Netflix, we can always do like one of the you, your wife and I and the three of us can just do like a little Netflix thing. That'd be kind of fun, dude. I'd be so in. Like you know, what? I think you'd oh, really like it. Yeah, I do want to see it. But you know, I was gonna say one of the remakes I did like that just popped in my head was I'm probably alone in this, and I would be intrigued because I know your your wife's episode. She talked about Pet Cemetery, but I actually liked the new. I did like the remake of Pet Cemetery. I really did because um, I like that they explored a lot of of the like the um the culture not the culture but like the sort of the backstory and and the tropes of the of the pet cemetery which you didn't really get in the book uh, in sure. the in the first movie and of course john lithgow he's great in everything he is the, um, only, problem, the only problem with that movie is that death scene with the kid which sadly they used the daughter but it was so so hard to watch yeah and See, i remember watching that my, my thing on that um one of the most iconic scenes in all of cinema history to me is when he's getting ready to go bury his wife after Gage has killed her. Yep. And Vic is out there going, don't do it, Lewis. Lewis, don't. Don't. And he walks right through him. And Victor, to me, gave me nightmares as a kid. And oh, Victor yeah, 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 yeah. is hardly in the new one. Like He's such a minor character in the yeah. new film that – that really, really bummed me out, man. Because when I went into it, I was expecting more Victor because Victor was such a powerful character to me as a kid. Yeah. And, you know, the guy with his brains hanging out. Yeah, that freaked me out as a kid so much. Yeah. To, this day, <laughs> to this day, one of the things I get, I'm always afraid, like if I see anybody standing by my bed in the middle of the night, that's what I, I think I'm going to see. Victor. It's just sure. so terrifying. Yeah. But what, one thing the new one did really well, too, to add on to what you were saying, the scenes with uh, Zelda, the sister, in this new one, mm -hmm. she was fucking nasty and scary in the new one. Too. I mean, she was always she was scary in the old one. But yeah, the oh, scene yeah, yeah, with, yeah. Uh, the dumbwaiter, that, oh, my God, that scared me. Yeah. <laughs> in the new so one, I, that, that legit gave me a big jump. I like that, for the most part, they kept it the same. They yeah. just kind of ex ex 
been extended on certain things that we didn't get in the first one. I was okay with that because it, it didn't feel like, oh, we're trying to make the same movie, but completely different. I actually felt like, hey, the audience is familiar with a lot of these things, so let's just build on top of them. Yeah. And like the whole, which I remember you talking about on your podcast with the whole, because you have kids now, you live by a street with, with semis. That scene was so, un- I mean, I was just like, oh shit, that's so fucking intense. <laughs> it, was, yeah. it was more intense than it needed to be, but you know, it's, it's a legit thing that could happen. Well, one thing that really gets downplayed with horror movies that people don't talk about a lot, there's a lot of emotional things in horror movies. You know, you get, Yeah. I think I could go as far as to say that I've cried during more horror movies than I have anything else, Yeah. man. Like you look at Pet Cemetery with Gage getting killed. Like that's a heartbreaking scene, man. It's, it's um, the dog dies. Yeah. There's so many, this is like, oh shit. Or especially if, you, yeah. if there's a character you like specifically and like they have the most horrific death, you're like, how oh, can I have to deal with this for a moment? Mm-hmm. Let me just let that sink. Let that shit sink in. Yeah, I get it. I get. It. Mm-hmm. See, people think, oh, it's just it's all horrific, but they don't really understand that. Like, sometimes, when you have things like J.J. Romero did um, the first, you know, uh, the day that Dawn of the Dead, it was really just you know, it was such a social political comment about life back then, mm-hmm. and it's so crazy how like sometimes you'll watch horror movies and it, they really are kind of p- p- poking fun of the, at life as it is now. I mean, right, look, look at social commentary on, you know, Get Out and Us. I mean, George Peel, like, that shit is phenomenal. Now, look, Us, I wasn't a huge fan of, but I'm not down. I will, ne- you'll never, ever hear me bash anybody making art. Um, no, of course maybe not. it's not for me. Like, Us, I didn't think, I just thought that, I think what it is, is it had the Black Panther effect on me where it got built up so high that it was impossible for it to live up to the expectations that I created in my head. Got it. You know, and I, and I think people, he did people, I mean, get out was so impressive. I think in a lot of ways, <laughs> really people liked it. And so he, he also built up in himself. People, he tried, I actually would have been okay if, um, if it ended right after when, when they moved on to the house of the white people, I'm like, this movie's too long now. It just kept going. Like, yeah my personal opinion because it was so creepy with everything before if they just cut like that middle section out i think it would have been great like we didn't need that mm-hmm. but i like the movie i will tell you i went with a friend of mine to go see get out and i didn't know anything about it he happened to be black and i'm white and we went and saw get out together and the whole movie just kept looking at me and i was like what <laughs> i didn't know what the movie was about <laughs> but it was just one of those weird things and i was like bro i'm not that guy but there is something very very tantamount especially in the political climate we are in right now about oh. that movie that sadly still feels prominent even today. Yeah. And yeah. it's one of those things where we, we've talked about it, me and you, um, you know, like I said, we're friends and we talk about this kind of stuff a lot and I won't yeah. get political on your podcast. That's not what I'm about, but yeah, we're just living in a time where we focus. We're so blind. Um, one of my good friends, Josh Burwanger of the Burwanger band, he has a line in one of his tunes. It says we're, are we so blind to everything except the color of skin? And to me, it's so true as Americans, we are blind to everything. But the first thing we notice is someone's color of their skin, you know, and it's the content of the character. Yes. And I, I pray for the day that my kids don't have to live in a world where everybody is judged by the color of their skin or their religion or their sexual orientation. You cut someone, it's red. Yeah. You know, and that's what we just need to focus on, man. Just love. That's what the world gets by on is love, love, love. And yeah. it's such a bummer to hear all this negativity that's going on right now, man. Yeah. Like, like, look at it like this. Like, you and I are probably, as people, are completely different. But we have such a love of horror that it's like everything else is kind of like – so you go to these conventions. And I imagine people who do, do even like Comic-Cons, it's the same thing. It's like you go to these conventions and you have this one thing, like we just love horror. And you could mm-hmm. just find somebody who goes, oh my God, you love that movie. I love that movie. Remember this happened. And, this, and next thing you know, an hour has passed. And you, it, yeah. it didn't matter that, you know, they were black or white. They could have, you know, they could have been short in stature. They could have been handicapped. It's just like in that moment, we were talking about Pet Cemetery, And that was, you know, and I'll be on set and someone has a horror shirt or they'll mention horror. I'm like, oh, someone said horror. That's my cue. I got to go talk to him. Like it's just yeah. the strangest thing. Yeah. And I'm, I'm probably the, most people look at me and like, I'm always like prim and proper and clean cut. Most people wouldn't look, think that I love horror. Right. Like I have a shutter membership. You talked about shutter the other night. I got shutter. Love I watched, shutter. I watched the whole, um, creep show. I know everything I'm on it. 
Yeah. I can't wait for season two. Well, th did you know that they're um, doing a special creep show animated on Shudder in October? Oh, no, I didn't hear that. I, I have to look for that. Yeah. I just oh. found it. I just read it today, and I, I was so excited, man. I mean, I, I mean, I can't wait. I love it. So, oh, dude, but, creep show for me? Like, even right here, man. I love the first one. I got the creep shows to score on vinyl. Oh, shit. That's amazing. Yeah, dude. Like, wow. I... Oh, man. I can't tell you how many times as a kid, for no fucking reason at all, I just said, I can hold my breath for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love creep show Anthologies. If you do an anthology, I'm sold, man. Uh, Tales from the Hood, Tales from the Crypt, Creep Show, Trick or Treat. I'm sold, man. Yeah. I, I love it. I think it's brilliant. Well, hopefully, I believe they're supposed to be doing a season two of that show. Yep. That's what I've heard. So, so I'm excited. And I've actually worked with that company before, so I know the people involved. So, so what, you, watched, you watched the TV show. Um, which one was your favorite? Which uh, segment was your favorite? If you uh, had to choose one. That's a good question. I'm trying to remember what all the segments were. You mentioned one on a previous episode about the um, the zombies. Is that the one where they had to stick their heads to the ground and then they got like like chewed? They got attacked by zombies, the right? Lawnmower. Yeah, yeah. That was so creepy. Uh, yeah, no, they shook their heads up and other zombies attacked them. Yeah, yeah. That one was kind of. I can't remember. There's another one too that struck me. And I can't for the life of me remember. Which, I'm so sorry. I'm so bad with this stuff. No, you're good. For me, it was the finger. How it had the the guy that played in the new kid and Road Trip. I can't think of his name, but um, that hand came to his house and it would turn into a monster at night and go kill the people. Oh yes, 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 yes. I remember that. I I loved that one, man. I thought that was great. I thought that one was so much fun. There was one other one that really struck. God, I can't remember them all now. If you said them, I'd be like, "That's." The, there was one other one that just really struck out. I can't remember what it was. Was it, it the Nazi werewolves? No, that one was cool too. What? There was another one. It'll come to me later. Like when we get off yeah. the air, I'm like, oh yeah, that was it. But there was one that I thought would make, make a really good feature, and I can't for the life remember what it is. I'm I'm sorry. That's I'm good. old. I drink too much. <laughs> I'll I'll drink to that. Mm. Amen. But I do I do want a couple of questions because you know the show's only so long. Sure. But my I, one of the questions is is so you and I are having a drink. But if you could have a drink, and I have these two questions. The one question I have is name your favorite horror movie, but I already know it's House because we've talked about that. And House is such a good movie, and we talk about it all day long. Um, and I was lucky enough to work with William Cat and with um, Richard Mall. I've actually known Richard Mall for a while. Yeah, so that's kind of cool. But I had this question. So if you can name one horror actor you would have a drink with and then one horror director, and it could be dead or alive. It's just if you, could, if you had the opportunity to have a, a conversation with an actor or actress and then director slash writer, whoever. Who would they be? I'd be intrigued by that. The director would it's Stephen King. Um, Wes well, Craven's up there too. Yeah. Um, so I guess I guess the writer would be Stephen King. Director would be Wes Craven. Um, uh, God, actor. So oh man, Bruce Campbell. I just think that oh, I can yeah, have yeah. a lot of fun with Bruce Campbell, man. Well, he just he's, he seems like one of those people. Like he almost seems like he's just like his character in Evil Dead. Yeah. I, I've seen him in so person he, before. I've never met him, but I've seen him in person, like on stage and stuff. And he's very animated yeah. like that. I think another person, even though I'm not a huge fan of their films, um, Rob Zombie, man, um, his films. I mean, like they're yeah. not, he doesn't make bad films, but I'm just not into the whole like I hate saying rednecks. That's such a stupid word, but that like hillbilly family type thing, like the Fireflies, yeah. like. But, I mean, you can't deny how amazing his films are and the influence that he has in the horror genre. And oh, I course. love his music. I think he'd be a fun guy to hang out with. Like just a conversation. Yeah, and just I mean, we're just having a drink. So I think, like, one of mine that I was lucky enough to do was I ended up having a drink. I, I ended up at the bar with, with Robert England when I was at Texas Frightmare Weekend last year. Bro, and it was just one of those things. And I remember it was, on, it was like the very first – part of the of the event so a lot of people were walking away from the bar because they wanted to go check in and there was a moment where i just looked around it was just he and i i was like oh shit i'm at the bar by myself with robert england he likes white wine like i like white wine and so we're talking and um all of a sudden we were um i looked at him and i was like hey because you know i'm sure people are always like oh i love you in these movies da, da, da. but i and i'm probably gonna talk about this again on your podcast so i won't too, say too much but sure um 
we just sat there and I go, hey, by the way, I, just so you know, I work in film. I'm a script supervisor by trade, even though I do write and direct. But I said, this is what I normally do. And he's like, oh my God, I love script supervisors. You guys are so helpful. Da, da, da. Like, what have you worked on? And it was like, once I said that, we had like, it wasn't just horror, but we had like filmmaking in common. Yeah. And for 20 minutes, he just wouldn't stop talking. And I was just like, uh-huh, whatever you want to say. You want another glass? Yeah. It was just like one of those moments. And I was like, because he's, I mean, I don't want to say it, but my favorite horror movie is Nightmare on Elm Street. It's like the okay. movie that got me. Oh, you know, I talk about that in this, in this, that book, my favorite horror movie. But man, yeah. just listening to him talk, and I, and I, I also know, you know, um, Amanda Weiss or Weiss from, from, you know, she played Tina, and then I met Heather Langenkamp before, so it was like, it was just like I met the whole, and I was just like, oh my god, like it was just so fucking fascinating. So that's just one. As for director, it would have been Wes Craven too, truthfully. Yeah. I, God rest his soul. I wish I could have met him. See, I just feel like if I met Robert England, it would turn out like the scene in Wayne's World where they meet Alice Cooper. Yeah. You know, like, I just feel like that's how it would go down. You know, like I'd just be so scared to even talk to the guy. You know what's so funny is he's so – he had his arm around me most of the time. Like he's just a buddy. Like he's such so, a buddy that like I don't think you would. I really don't think you would. I think you'd just be – because he's so – he's so just – I don't know. He's larger than life in a lot of ways. He's just so – He's just, he's just, his personality is so inviting and he's, he's eloquent. He's very smart. He's eloquent. He's such a storyteller. He had more stories to tell than I did that. Like I, you just can't like, you would just be like this. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, if you're Robert England, you would just be like this. He's that's, so chill. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's such a good thing to hear, man. Cause one of the biggest fears of mine is like meeting these people that I'm like so fond of that are my heroes and them being douchebags you know like that's such a big fear of mine yeah well everybody i've introduced to you you'll be fine with i promise oh man <laughs> I, I don't want to talk about that too much because I, I want people to be excited over the guests that i'm having but you have hooked me up with some amazing people and i am forever grateful to you well i'm actually really really excited because some of the people i introduce you to like they haven't even been on my show right <laughs> Because because right. I don't, my, because my podcast isn't horror specific, sure. Right? But I, but some of them I have had, and I'm really excited to like because of your because your, what your podcast is about being your favorite horror movie. I mean, your first horror movie, how it affected you. So I'm actually really excited about everybody that I've introduced you to. I'm like, I can't wait for their episodes to come out because I want to know. So right. I think there's just in, I, whenever I reach out to these people, and by the way, I have about three more people I have to introduce you to. One we just got, I got a, a text from right now. But when I meet out, when I reach out to these people, they're all like, oh my God, my favorite. And they start telling me, and I'm like, no, 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 I'm not, it's not my podcast, but they get so excited <laughs> because it, these are the things that, that have shaped us as who we are as filmmakers and artists and stuff. Yeah. So I think when, when Charlotte first told me, she's like, Hey, I know this guy who did this podcast and it's about your first horror movie. And I was like, what the fuck was my first, like I had to think about it. Right. And I was like, God, I'm 45. So it was so long ago. But then I really thought about it, and I was like, how did that shape me as, like, a filmmaker and a person? And I was like, man, this guy's onto something. Like, I wish I thought of this, you know? <laughs> so, and then when I met you, and I was like, man, this, cool, this man is cool as fuck, I was like, there's just a lot of people that I know you'd be great to talk to. And I'm not, not – the audience is like, yes, I've introduced you to some horror people, but I've also introduced them to just people down the street. Like, Yeah. Yeah, that I think would just be really cool people on your, on your show. And it's, it's so much fun, man. Like I said, you don't have to be a horror fanatic to know about. I've interviewed, like I said, Josh Eppers from Coheed and Cambria. Um, Chris Conley from Saves the Day. Saves the Day is my favorite band of all time. So, yeah. you know, being able to talk to him about this stuff, you know, and finding out where it started for him. And it's funny when you start talking about this and you start talking about scenes, you know, like what scene affected you? And I ask them these questions and they tell me. And then I'm like, man. I remember how that scene affected me and it's just so much fun to relate to people on yeah. that level of thinking, you know? No, it's very fascinating because I think we don't truthfully. I mean, we get asked all the time what our favorite horror make all the time. I get asked what my favorite horror movie is and I, I'm always on the ready because I've been asked so many times. It's not my number and this is why it affected me. I mean, I did a whole essay on it. Yeah. But no one's ever really ever asked like, what was the first one you ever saw? And like, how did it affect you? And I was like, I don't think I ever really thought about that because there are several, which again, I'm going to go to on your episode, but the, there are like two, the main one I'm talking about that popped out that to this day still affects me. And I'm like, that's, it's just so funny. You never think about that. 
mm-hmm. you know, it, it's it's those things where like whenever it's dark in the room, the, the first things that I go to are those memories. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? It's fucking crazy how it always stays with you. Yeah. So good, good for you, man. So it's called my Thank favorite. You. No, what? It's called my favorite. No, my first horror movie. Yep. And it's you just have it's, a YouTube um, channel. And um, Sledgehammer Horror, it's, I also do movie reviews, and another one that my wife and I do is called Didn't See That Coming, which I'd like to have you on as well. Okay, um, let's do it. Where we talk about movies with twists, and how the twists, you know, impact okay. us, and how it shocked us. And, um, like, we've done, so far we've done Dead Silence, we've okay. done Frailty. Um, oh, I love, Frailty, I love that movie. Yeah. Oh, man, I you wish know, I was on that podcast. That was one of my, I love that movie. Yeah, and we, we actually just tonight filmed our upcoming episode for the movie Devil, um, the M. Oh, Night Shyamalan. Yeah, yeah. And that, to me, is such a brilliant, perfect movie because the twist is not what you – I mean, like, the movie has a couple twists, but the ending twist isn't the biggest one. Like, it's one of those where it's just like, wow, that, that was fucking cool, you know? Yeah. That's cool. Well, I'm, good. I'm glad you're able to – and they're all on your same channel, right? Yep, it's all through Sledgehammer Horror. Um, so hopefully you guys can check it out. If you just go to uh, youtube.com slash Sledgehammer Horror, that's where it's all at. Um, and like I said, and, and uh, Michael's going to have – yep, he'll have his episode on there soon. I'm excited for you guys to – I can't wait. Uh, make, make sure you don't watch this episode after midnight. Don't feed it and don't get it wet. So. Play it all. Just, yeah. <laughs> so excited. This movie shades me. Um, and is there anybody that you haven't – that you haven't interviewed that you want to interview? And I'm not saying for me specifically. I'm just saying to put it on the ether sphere. Ether sphere. But um, I, I feel like I've connected with everybody so far. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, there's so many, man. Like, I mean, it's one of those things where, like I said, I don't just look for what's going to get me cred. You know, like there's people that I love. Um, Lou Taylor Pucci was on the show, and I've been a big fan of his for a long time. Okay. Um, and I think he's absolutely amazing. I think he's brilliant. I think he's one of the most underrated actors in the world. But I guess if I had to choose the one person that is it alive or dead or something that's alive, they have to be alive. Well, it has to be alive because they have to be on your show. So unless you do okay. something, and it could be a man <laughs> or female. I'm just intrigued to like like the kind of people that you that you are influenced by or that you want on the show. Um, I mean, William Cat would be a huge one, obviously, because well, you love House, yeah. House. Um, anybody from Cabin in the Woods, because that's my favorite horror movie to come out in the last fifteen years. Okay. Um, I think I think Cabin in the Woods is absolutely brilliant. Robert England, Kane Hodder. Um, oh, Kane Hodder uh, is so fucking. Hist- I love Kane. Kane's great. Yeah, those are two big names. Uh, King, obviously, huge name. Um, Who's it? But man, Stephen King. Oh God, I would. I've never met Stephen King. I would die if I met Stephen King. Yeah. Um, another one, actually, that a, a person I'm a huge fan of is Bill Hader. Man, I, I thought that Bill Hader yeah. completely show in It Chapter Two. Man, like he, that dude is so brilliant. He's so funny. Yeah. He's such a great actor. You know, I absolutely adore him. Um, and it was but, great because and, you wouldn't expect him to be able to do something like a horror. Right, and he nailed he's it. so well known as a comedy. Yeah, and he just. But I, I stand to this to this day that comedy is one of the hardest things for actors because it, the timing of it is so specific, mm-hmm. and and people are always surprised when they have comedy actors like um, Will Ferrell or even like um, uh, Blake on the same that did the mask Jim Carrey like Jim Carrey does serious roles and people are like oh he's a good actor I'm like well yeah he does comedy comedy's hard it mm-hmm. really is underestimated. Well, let me ask you this: Do you know what my favorite movie of all time is? Um, I do. I know House is like the first one we saw. Don't tell me because um, I've been watching your podcast. Oh my god, I'm so mad because I know I should know this. I'll tell you this: it's not a horror movie. My favorite movie of all time is not a horror movie. Oh wait, it's Back to the Future. It is Back to the Future. You, as yeah. I just saw it last night. Yes, because you were talking about Christian Glover. That's just that's crazy that I know that. Yeah, and that's actually I was to say that was who I was going to mention. I would love to have Crispin Glover on the show, man. Because even like. He was great in Back to the Future, obviously, but him and, like, Willard, yeah. like, he is such a – oh, my gosh. He nailed it in Willard, man. Like, such a great movie, and he completely nailed that role. That's another remake I had on my top ten favorite remakes is Willard. That's a great remake, man. I think I remember you saying that. My, the only person I've ever met from that movie was I was coming back from Texas for Atmere Weekend last year, and at the same time, they had, a like, a Comic-Con type thing at another convention – down the way and um 
Christopher Lloyd was on my flight. Ooh. So I was like, oh my god, oh my god, okay, good. And I actually met Corey Feldman, and I've met Mark Hamill at a party once. It was so random. Man. I'm t- I live in Hollywood, so the things you go through in your life are crazy. Sure. But, yeah, but Christopher Lloyd was kind of cool. I was like, oh my god, that's so-. and you know, I, I don't talk to them because I, I see people all the time, and he's just relaxing. Let the guy relax. But I was just like, that's so crazy. I'm on the same flight with Christopher Lloyd. It was just one of those things in life. So... Cool. And uh, one more person I want to add on there because he's my favorite actor of all time. Uh, definitely shaped my childhood with Ghostbusters, Bill Murray. I met him one time at a bar. His sister is a nun at a college here in our town, Adrian, Michigan. Uh, yeah. at, um, and he was in town, and I met him at a bar, and I almost died. It was amazing. Wow. So I've never even met him. And I've met a lot of people. and I don't, That's so cool. I bet, he's, yeah. I bet he's chill. I hear he's like the most amazing person. Yeah, one of the best stories I've ever heard. Um, he went into a Wendy's one time, and there was this couple sitting there eating. And he walked up to this couple, and he grabbed a fry off their tray, and he ate it. And then he looked the dude right in the face, and he was like, "Tell whoever you want; they're not going to believe you anyway." And I think that's the most brilliant story because <laughs> like, it's yeah. true. Like, if I walked up to somebody and I was like, "Man, Bill Murray ate a fry off my tray at Wendy's," they'd be like, "Oh, okay, Kat. Oh, okay, yeah. What are you smoking?" <laughs> you know, but, that's, but that's one of those things in your life you get to have. Yeah, yeah. That's so funny. I never heard that story before. Yeah, I think that's that's brilliant, and that's such a Bill Murray thing. You know, I could totally see him doing that. Yeah. So and then so every you're also on Instagram at Sledgehammer Horror, correct? Yes, yeah, sir. so let's follow let's follow you there because you're gonna start making announcements about who you have on the show, mm-hmm. so they can keep in touch with you. Are you on Twitter or any of those other things? Yep, um, Twitter is actually just at Kenny Sledge. Um, it's also at Sledgehammer Horror H O R because um, Twitter won't let me be long. But it, thanks, um, Twitter. Yeah, not hmm. hmm. bird. But uh, uh, they, you can follow me there. I, I try to tweet um, Facebook at Sledgehammer Horror. My wife runs that. Uh, I'm not very good at the Facebook stuff. So I'm, I'm not very good at technology in general, man. I'm really lucky to have the wife I have. She helps me out a lot with all this stuff. I mean, from, from the videos I've seen her, she seems, she seems lovely. We'll have to have a Zoom call one time and I'll, I'll talk. But I'm telling you, bro, once you come to L.A., I'm going to take you to all the horror spots, and then we're just going to kick it and be great. We're just gonna. We're Dude, just gonna I can't just, wait. We're gonna just drink and and I'm gonna try and get Brantley to come down with us and and, and some cool people. And we'll just have like a big little horror party. Dude, I'm so in. Well, I, okay. it, like I can't tell you how excited I am to just come and hang out with you guys. I think we'll we'll have the it best time in the world. And we've we've really good weather too. So it's. I mean, today has been hot. It's been hot. Like the rest of the world yeah. is like starting to face fall. No, our fall goes into like we don't even get fall until almost Halloween now. <laughs> it's crazy. It says it's gonna be like 100 degrees this week, bro. I'm not joking. Ugh. My God, yeah, I'm here in Michigan. I'm I'm at like 72 right now, and it just feels so perfect outside. I know I had lunch today, and it was like hot. I mean, I'm I'm glad we have nice weather, but it's like okay, I'm ready for fall because that's that that's when you know it's like Halloween's coming. It's like, and I'm glad with this episode. So you guys check out his podcast, and it's great because we're we're going into Halloween. So that means even even if you listen to one of his podcasts a day, you won't get to all of them. Right. You listen to two a day. They're fun. I listen. I listen to them just because I'm always intrigued about what everybody's first favorite horror, like what their first one is. Mm-hmm. So I'll watch it and be like, "Oh, that's so cool!" Yeah, some of them I've seen, some of them I haven't. But it, um, you've had some good guests, and and uh, you're fun to listen to. So uh, I was like, "I'm gonna yeah, have like, this. I'm gonna have this guy on my show. I don't give a shit." That it's so crazy. I, like honestly, like it means the world. Thank you. Honestly, it shows that the hard work that we're putting into this is really yeah. paying off. And, um, you know, like I said, I'm so blessed. One question I get asked that I absolutely fucking hate is, you know, who's your favorite guest? Because I don't have one. Like, uh, yeah, you, everybody you I, love everybody. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Like, and it's so awesome to learn this about people I look up to and I respect and I admire and learning where it started for them. You know, growing up for me as a kid, I lived in a video store, man. My family owned a video store called yep. downtown video in my hometown video. i've heard you mention that so many times i'm so just that fact alone makes you want to be your friend because i grew up i used to work in a video store i used to work at blockbuster and warehouse oh that's so awesome like, so like i just to me that's like and i also worked at hollywood video i actually okay. never worked at blockbuster i just lied on my own show <laughs> i didn't work at the warehouse and the hollywood video but like i know what it's like to work at a video store and so it's like just the fact that you guys own one is so cool 
I still have uh, a downtown video t uh, sweatshirt. I swear to God, if you do not wear that when you're in, in California, do not talk to me. That's fucking amazing. <laughs> it's, it's cool because it even still has like the locations that we had. Oh, my God. And I remember you saying on one of your shows that you still have a, 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 a video, a VHS rewinder. Yeah, I do. I still have the rewinder, man, because we had to oh my God. use that shit. That was my job at the video store when I was a kid, was. was whenever people would bring back videos, my grandpa and my dad would let me sit behind the counter and put the videos in the rewinder and rewind yeah. them. I, so, you know, that was so I remember job. being a kid, because I was a kid, and you look at it, you're like, I don't want to spend the next 20 minutes rewinding this thing. <laughs> like, I'll just, but it always had that sticker, please be kind of rewind. And you're like, fuck you. It's so I remember video stores, they would charge you like 50 cents if you didn't rewind. And like it's fifty cents, just rewind it. Right. Yeah, you it. well, yeah. You see that fifty cents they charge you? That was my uh, that was my pay. Yeah, so exactly. Because you. you had to rewind it. <laughs> yeah. Nothing wrong with that. No, but I just remember because you know, I mean, I'm telling you, these people nowadays don't understand what life was like. Nowadays, when you're done, especially in the streaming world, you're just done. You can literally start over. But you had to rewind everything. And yeah. someone was talking about the laser disc and having to flip it over. I remember all of that. I remember well, it's funny because even uh, on a VHS, because something I'm guilty of, and a lot of people that hang out with me and we watch movies hate is if something makes me laugh really hard, I'm that guy that rewinds it a couple times to oh, watch really? it. Because, yeah, that's me, that's man. That's funny. And, uh, you know, on a VHS, that was so much harder to do than it is. You know, on a, yeah. You know, so, yeah, it, that would piss people off. Because nowadays you can just hit 10 second rewind and you're fine. Yeah, just yeah. skip back. It's funny because I just talked about this on one of my podcast episodes, so I don't want to sound like a broken record, but it's amazing how kids these days will never know that feeling of true heartbreak when you go to the video store and you grab that VHS and you pull it and look behind it and the and VHS is not there. Oh my God. <laughs> you're like literally, you're like telling me my childhood. <laughs> and then the only saving oh. grace, like, let me go up to the cashier and see if by some chance someone Somebody left it just in the uh, yep, that was my favorite. You dropped the Jackbox, and they're like, and they look, and they they go through the twenty five movies that are there, and they found, and you're like, oh, thank God! Like, let me just check it in real quick. Beep. Okay, you want to check it out, and you're like, oh, man, nobody understands. And I used to work at the video store too, so nobody understands that. Like, how every what was it? Every movies came out on a Friday, right? Or no, it was a Tuesday. Uh, records came out on Tuesday. And, movies, yeah. Came That's right. Because I worked at a warehouse, so we did you both, and I just remember having to like. And it was alphabetized. So I remember having to like clear an entire wall because so many of those – and they would come in a week before. So I remember like I would hold the movie in my hand and be like, I could, I could just watch this. But you couldn't because you had to let the audience – you know, you just see the, the customers. But like you just have to like – they'd have 30, 30 of them on a wall. And you just sit and watch people check them out. Yeah. It was a – wow. This was a blast from the past. Yeah, isn't it fun I, to think about? That's why I love talking about this stuff, man, because you go yeah. back and you remember it. You remember that – feeling of and then that ultimate you know happiness when you go and you move that vhs and there that tapes there yeah. fuck yes watch tremors tonight you know yeah. like because people don't realize that like there was the cover and then behind it they had the video you took up to the front yeah so you were like you'd go and you're like oh my god all the they're just the covers there's no movie behind it wow and then like there would be like other movies you're like oh we just saw this one last week yep but this was the big one last week and everybody's it's so yeah it was a, and I think and that's then, why like movie posters to us is so important because when we were young, I mean, I got people that haven't seen the podcast. I have my house poster right here. That's where I do my interviews at. I know, you know? I'm so excited. and that's how we decided what movies we were going to watch. A lot of the time, you'd walk through the video store and look at covers and cover yeah. art and posters. That's what that was our YouTube back then. That was our trailers. Yeah. Was looking at the cover art. Yeah, and you're like, oh, people, you know, Johnny down the street said this was great. I guess I'll check this out. Yeah, and you, word you, of mouth you, and covers of the film. Man. Yeah, and you, you rented the movie and it was good or it was bad. You just dealt with it. Yeah. You couldn't – yeah, you stopped it halfway through. but you, And then I remember you had to like – you still had to drive back to the store and drop off movies. And I remember that was one of my jobs when I first started driving is I had to go to – I had to always go take the movies back. And it was great because you always – and most people don't remember you had the little box outside. You didn't even have to go and just put drop in the box. drop box. Oh, my God. Yes, and then there were some, some locations even had an, a separate box. I mean, I'm having to draw the, bring the card inside. Dude, you're fucking living my, oh my God. Yeah, man, that was okay, my we can't life. talk about this because I'm feeling old. Although the other thing I remember is having a cassette tape and taking the pencil and having to like 
twist it and get it to move forward. Oh my god! Oh, when the when the tape came out at the bottom, yeah. you had to put the pencil in and rewind it. That's yep. just like um, we used to. That's how we would pirate music. Really, was you'd listen to the radio and you'd record mm -hmm. it on a blank tape. I'd, and hope and hope the DJ didn't talk to the song. Yes, dude. I can tell you, there's how. If I could go back and find some of these tapes, not a single fucking one of them had the first five seconds of any song on them. The, the only time you could ever get it is if, because the DJ would always talk to the beginning of the song. So as long as that song didn't play first, if yep, it played second, you were, you were good. Yeah. But of course it was the hit song. So it always played first and the DJ would talk through it. Yep. Oh my God. You'd, you'd sit there next to your fucking boom box, ready to hit record <laughs> and ready to hit stop on the songs you didn't want to have. Yes. Wow. <laughs> Yes, dude. dude this I'm, is fucking crazy. I love yeah. it. Yeah, you understand my yeah, but you know it's 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 so easy how it's so simple nowadays. It's for like a a doll. You can download any song. It's crazy, and you can listen to everyone. But they don't understand. We have mixtapes and everything. Oh, dude, mixtapes was it, man. But see, it's yeah. funny you talk about pirating music. Like I'm one of the people that I'm not against downloading music. I to a point. Um, if I download an album and I enjoy it, I'm going to buy it. I mean, you, you got my vinyl collection down here. You know, it's just like when I go and buy pants at a store, you know, I try the pants on before I buy them. You know, that's what I do with music. I try it on before I buy it. And if I enjoy it and it fits right, I'm going to buy it. If it yeah. doesn't fit, then I'm going to put it right back on the shelf. Yeah, you know? I think I agree with that. No, I remember you buying even little singles. Like, sometimes you didn't want the whole album. Like, you just had a great song, you'd buy the single. And then the B-side had another song. You're like, oh, that's kind of a cool song. I guess I want the album. Yeah. You know? One of my favorite songs of all time is a B-side. And I bought the Jimmy Eat World single for Sweetness. And okay. the B-side on it was Splash Turn Twist, which was not on the Bleed American album. It, it ended up being on the re-release, the Jimmy World re-release. Oh, okay. But on the Bleed American album, it wasn't on there. And I would have never heard Splash Turn Twist without buying that single. And that still to this day is one of my favorite tunes of all time. Isn't that funny? Singles. I still have, I'm, somewhere I have all my cassettes somewhere. In, it's just crazy. All my CDs, all my VHSs, all my DVDs. It's just like. Look at this, man. Before you let me go. We, we talk about first. Do you remember the first cassette that you bought with your own money? I might have been – oh, I know. I wanted to say R.E.M., um, but I think my sister bought that for me. I, I honestly don't remember. It might have been – this is because I, this is going to sound really gay to me, but it, might, it was probably something Mariah Carey because she was huge when I was in high school. But right. I ended up seeing En Vogue when I was in concert, when they, when they were in concert when I was in high school, so it could have been something in Vogue. There were some sexy, some sexy ladies. I'm telling you, I love me some En Vogue. But for me, it was Duke Green Day. Which one? Dookie by Green Day. Oh, shit. Well, you're a little bit younger than I am, too, though. Yeah. But okay. it's, it's fun. I bought that record because of a movie, Angus. I don't know if you've ever seen Angus. I did see Angus, yes. Yeah, but they talk about wow. Green Day the whole time. And so after that, I remember saving up money because I had to go buy a Green Day cassette. And I bought Dookie, and that totally, you know... Got the punk rock tattoo here. Oh, but shit, that I love totally it. switched my musical life from listening to Metallica, ACDC, and whatever my mom was playing on the radio to yeah. listening to punk rock. So You and I are you know, so vastly different in every way possible. I love it. <laughs> how we're such good friends right now is, is a tantamount to like just how, how horror can bring people together. Yeah. That's so cool. Well, Brian, I think this is a good way to wrap it up because if they want to get the sequel to this interview will be on your show. Yes. So, uh, again, please check it out. My first horror movie on YouTube, Sledgehammer Horror. I'm really yeah. – I cannot tell you. When my manager called me the other day after he got off the phone with you, he's like – he goes, I love that kid. I'm like, dude, can you have a great energy? And just the fact that you – when you said you can't – you don't have a favorite guest is because you're so grateful for people to take the time out to talk to you. I 100% agree with that. So – yeah. Dude, think, um, again, I'm so honored to be on your show. This is so big for me. Uh, I'm great. Even if we did nothing together with Sledgehammer Horror, I'm grateful to call you a friend. I enjoy talking to you every day. It's something that I really, really get a kick out of learning all the cool quirks about you and teaching you all these cool things about me. So it's yeah. been so much fun to hang out with you, man. And I love doing it. I'd be happy to work with you on anything at any time. I feel like it's going to happen. I, I, like I told when we first met and you're like, 
why are you helping me? I says, I don't know. I get this. My, my little spidey senses are telling me, like, you have this great idea. You're so completely humble. You know, like, Michael, even if you didn't help me, I just want to be your friend. And to me, that's the biggest thing. That's how uh, when, you, when you finally get to interview Brantley, it's the same with Brantley. Brantley moved out to L.A. with his husband, and he didn't know anybody. And he, we had a mutual friend, and his friend's like, oh, wait, Michael writes horror. You should just talk to Michael. And at the time, I was actually in a different state filming a movie. And Brantley's okay. like, hey, I know that you write horror movies. We can talk about horror. But, like, I don't know anybody out here. I just need a friend. Right. So like Brantley would text me maybe every other day just to see how shooting was going. Like, Hey, how's shooting going? Like, how are you doing? He was never like, Hey, what can you do for me? He's just like, I needed a friend and you're a really cool guy. Yeah. And like from there. So like what I love is if God forbid, I, you know, never, if I decide one day to leave film, Brantley still gonna be my friend. And you're, yeah. and I love that because it's, it's, we're just building something. We just have to be two really cool people that have the same interest. Yeah. And that's, and that's it. Point. You know, like I said, at the end of the day, friendship to me is so important, man. Like I, we talked about city. it earlier, how, how important love is out there. Cause there's so much hate and so much anger. So yeah. trying to stay grounded and it's so important to me. So I absolutely love you. I, I'm so glad I get to work with you on all this. I get to talk to you every day. This is so cool for me, man. Bro, you, you are a really cool guy. I, I wish you all the best of luck. You guys, please, please, please check out uh, my first horror movie. Again, it's on YouTube. Uh, follow him on Instagram because we're going to be doing more stories and stuff. But, um, bro, I wish you all the best with the show. Um, I, I look forward to meeting you and your wife, and I know you have three kids. So we're going to we're gonna tour LA, and, and we're going to do a right. lot. And uh, this is just beginning. I'm telling you, let's just, we're going to start going to conventions. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to have a blast, dude. I'm so yeah. excited. Well, so anyway, this, everybody, this is uh, Michael Colomb with Mimosa with Michael. Thank you to Ken Sledge for being my guest today. Uh, you can find us on Spotify, Spotify, uh, you can find us wow shit wherever Spotify, um, iHeartRadio, anywhere there's, you know, um podcasts on Lofty Craft Radio, also YouTube and IGTV. So thank you everybody for listening and we will see you again next week. Thank you very much.